Well, it's another Panthers podcast on Panthers Radio, looking ahead to the weekend, two big games for the Panthers in Cup and League, and looking back over very interesting which we, weekend, which we'll dissect and try and have a think about what we think, what we saw over the two days. As ever, I'm joined by Dan Green and John O'Bullard. Evening, guys. Evening, Chris. Evening, everyone. Ken Feaster's ditches after one week on the pre-game podcast. He's too good for us now and hangs out in Edinburgh, so... Uh, He's uh, he's already on to better things. So uh, maybe Ken will be back on uh, Saturday night in the post-game podcast after the game against Sheffield. Greener, let's start with you. A win and a loss from the Panthers over the weekend. A very, very good five minutes on the road in, in Manchester where they were on, uh, playable. And then the storm came very strong and Panthers held firm thanks to some good net minding and some resilient defending and, and won that game and fairly won that game fair and square. And then, you know, so, Sunday, it I, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to give my thoughts in, in the first period. Panthers are on top and, and just didn't score. Second period, some individual mistakes and, and Manchester score on them. And, and third period, it's one-way traffic, but but Panthers can't, you know, score more than the two that they did. You know, how, how do you assess that the first weekend in your in your words rather than mine? I mean, I personally I still think, you know, obviously it's it's disappointing to lose. It's disappointing to lose a league game at home. Um but I still think it was a, you know, a decent weekend. There were lots of lots of good positive points. Um, like you said, Saturday, obviously very good going into a tough rink, um, getting the win, good goaltending performance. Um, that's it, really. Just go there, solid road win. You can't really ask for more than that. Um, you know, the league is so even now, you know. I don't think you're going to see many teams go into rinks like that and blow a team like Manchester out. It's going to be a hard-fought win. So, you know, they got that done. And then Sunday, you know, I mean, me and John, I said on the commentary, I certainly don't think we were at our best. Um, but, you know, we were still decent. You know, like you said, first period was good. Couldn't score. Their goalie was good. Second period, bit of a blip. You know, just a, just that middle portion of the second period, few mistakes, it kind of got away from us. But then the third period was great, you know, and I think that's if we'd have lost three nothing, there'd be worrying signs potentially. But I think the way we fought back, the crowd, the effort, the atmosphere, we were probably a few minutes away from tying it up. But, you know, just obviously ran out of time. So I think, you know. Certainly no panic buttons. Disappointing to lose a home game um, to, to Manchester, obviously. Um, but I still think lots of positive signs, lots of good performances. And overall, you know, it could have been a lot worse. So I'll probably take it. John, let, let's start with the positives with, with you. I mean, if, if you dissect the, the good parts, the first period against Manchester, in particularly the opening five minutes where there was just some lethal plays uh, Weston Michaud uh, in particular, Adam Johnson, obviously, scoring a couple more for Otto Niemerman. Um, and then, obviously, that third period against the Storm, when it, it was, in the end, too little, too late, but it felt like a continuous power play. Greener touched on it there. Maybe five more minutes extra, you know, in the game. If they if we could have played five more minutes, probably would have been a goal. We never know, but it felt like it. Um, this side is going to score goals this season, Yeah. Yeah, definitely, and you you saw it straight off on on Saturday night. I was watching it on the webcast, and I couldn't believe it. Three shots, three goals <laughs> to, to open up. It was 
what was it, 317 and we're 3 nil up. I mean, that's dreamland. But, you know, to be fair to Manchester, Matt Ginn calls his time out, as, as you will probably expect after after that. And Manchester really made a game of it after that. And you, you pick out two periods, but it was two periods out of six where Panthers were on top, pretty even first period on Sunday. Manchester were definitely the better team. Second period Sunday... Uh, and I think Manchester were probably on top periods two and three in Manchester, but we had the advantage of that three-goal lead, and uh, we probably won the game after three minutes on Saturday. But yes, lots of positives to take. Goal scoring, the way we we applied ourselves in the third period on Sunday was fantastic. Really got the crowd going. The energy in the building was fantastic. Um. So, yeah, there are positives to take. Disappointing that we lost at home. Disappointing that it was a league game we lost as well. And you know, we know how much importance Jonathan Paraday has put on the league games. He says every game is a game seven. So, for, from that respect, it, it it was a bit of a punch in the gut to, to lose that game. But I think if you look at it another way, last season... 3-0 down going into the third, would we have got that sort of That's comeback or response? Pro- probably not. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a probably a bigger loss. Whereas that. we saw that last season against the storm, I think, and, and five maybe yeah. in it. Yeah. So in that respect, year on year, it's a big improvement. And I get the the disappointment and there were disappointed people. And, and I understand that because, you know, it was the home opener, the, the optimism in pre-season. I understand the disappointment amongst a certain section of fans. That's absolutely fair enough. I mean, it is only one game uh, and there are just tons and tons to go. So, so Jono got the positives there. Greener, unfortunately, it's come to you for the negatives. If you look at that, that home game and, and, and I'm not going to take anything away from Manchester because, look, they deserve to win. They they forechecked hard. They were aggressive. They played a really good road game and, and they deserve those two points. There is no doubt about that. But when you break down where the actual goals came from, they were individual errors. And those guys know that they made those, you know, they weren't tiny errors. They were quite big errors where the puck was given away, you know, and they'll know that they made those errors. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, there was individual errors that, that they need to cut out. But also, I guess it, it's sort of two questions in one, Agrina. They've got to, I guess, find a way to counteract a team that, that comes and forechecks and, and, and works that hard. They effectively got outworked after 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 working really hard all, all season, and they have pre-season. And, and Jonathan Paraday says he wants them to be the hardest working team in the league. And they work their bones off but they just weren't able to match Manchester's intensity at times. Is, is that fair enough? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, as you quite rightly said, it's obviously there, there were some negatives, but Manchester were really, really good. It's not like we were terrible and they were just a bit better. You know, we were maybe a little bit below par and, and they were really, really good. Um, but yeah, I think like you said, I think Manchester troubled us with their speed, you know, Sometimes those teams with the smaller rinks come into Nottingham or the bigger rinks and sit back and depend on their goalie and just but they didn't. They came, they forechecked, they hunted pucks, they they had offensive zone time, they just played a really good game. But I think from our point of view, yeah, it's just 
the crowd were really good. Um, you know, lots of momentum, lots of noise. I always think with us in our rink, if we don't score early, we struggle because the crowd do get a little bit quieter and it, it just kind of gets away from it. I think if we'd have got one in the first, it would have been totally different. But the longer it goes and we don't score, I feel like those teams gain momentum in our rink and they gain confidence. And you could see in that second period, I think we said it on the commentary, they were growing shift by shift. Um, but yeah, individual errors. And I just think we have to have, we, we do have a very young team and we'll learn about that, you know, winning games night in, night out. Um, but, you know, if we let in a goal, we can't let it, you know, we, we have to shut up shop. We can't let in two, three goals in quick succession because the game's effectively over. So, you know, it's just it's just that experience, learning game by game. But yeah, I mean, I certainly didn't think there was much wrong. A few mistakes, you know, I thought the goaltending was good. Obviously the power play, not that it wasn't good, but I think Manchester maybe had one and we had four and we obviously got one in that third period. But, you know, if you're having four or five power plays a game early on, you, you need to score one of them. Um, and I think if you do get a few power plays and you don't score, it really works against you. So I'm sure that's something Jonathan will look at too. And, you know, where do you think in terms of, in terms of standout players, Jono, we will go, you know, Otto has just continued that pre-season form now into the, the regular season. Three goals in the opening two matches of, of the season. He, you know, pre- let's, let's not forget his assist. He got an assist as well. He got that <laughs> one, a wonderful assist as well. Yeah. <laughs> up Hugo, wasn't it? Hugo Wire. He he is he is in danger of want of a better phrase. He's in danger of becoming one of the best players in the league. And we've not seen anyone. But but his the, the reason why Panthers really wanted him and beat signature and beat him to the signature of teams like Sheffield, who really wanted him too, you can see why he was highly sought after. Yeah, definitely. I, I think we, we said in the in the summer podcast when he signed, I think I described him as, as a stud signing because he'd played so many games in the in the Liga and he was the top score goal scorer in Denmark last season. And he's shown exactly what he can do in the first month of, of him being here. He scored four goals in pre-season. He scores three goals off the bat in the first two competitive games of this season. He's, he's been an absolutely superb signing. He, he's just, he's a real, um, to to use a football analogy, he's very much like Gary Lineker. He's very close in, gets in the dirty areas and, and, score, and scores. You know, he, he's, he's, uh, the, he's brilliant at the top of the crease. Absolutely deadly. And that goal he scored on Sunday was where he came in at the top of the crease and just put it into the danger area and it went in the net. Well, two things. Let's come back to the second thing first because I want to talk about Logan Nielsen because you mentioning that made me think about it. But but for, but he but he's actually for such a skillful player. Sometimes you think players that are good at in the net, close in, and and you know they might have to be like a more of a bigger player to to make their impact felt. But but Greener, he's he's nimble, he's fast, he's quick. So he's you know he's just as effective racing down a wing to create something like he did the you know escape from behind the net to put the puck out for Hugo. But but he's equally adept as as Jono says as those as plays at the net. 
Yeah, he kind of reminds me, not not quite the same player, but a bit like a David Alexander Beauregard, where me and Matthew Myers always used to joke that, like, have you ever seen a 50-goal scorer that can barely shoot a puck? And, mm. like, that's not Otto, but, I mean, you know, Bo would score goals, highlight real goals, but he would get in the dirty areas, rebounds, tip-ins, just garbage goals around the net. And he's that sort of player. He's not He's not big, you know, he's not particularly physical, but he'll go into those areas where he knows he can score and he's just he's just a natural finisher. You know, he probably has a bit of a better shot than Bo um, and maybe a little bit more speed, but just similar, just really crafty around the net, you know, knows where to score, you know, knows where to shoot to score. Um, and yeah, I just think he's one of those guys that, again, a bit like Jonathan said, you might not really notice him all game. You know, he, he he's not flashy, he's not doing this and that, but then he'll just come up with, you know, a couple of goals or a goal and an assist. So, yeah, I think he's going to be one that just plugs away all season, you know, scoring regularly, and that's exactly what we need. So, yeah, the mentioning there about that goal, Jono, brings us on to, to Logan Nielsen because I listened back to your commentary and obviously you give it to Otto. Then you suggest it could be Logan. I've watched it. 25 times and I still can't decide. I think mm. it comes off the defenseman's skate. It's now officially been credited to Otto, which means that the, the officials think it came off the skate. Um, but but two things in, in this question. One is the fact that Logan's there causing himself a nuisance. Uh, and that was the power play goal as well. So Logan he was yeah. there on the power play, a first year pro shows the faith that, that the coaching staff have in him. And the fact he was making a nuisance around the net is just what we talked about in pre-season, saying how he'll be very adept in different areas and he'll give something Panthers very different. Um, and I think in some ways, he may be thinking this, I'm not certain if he is, but I think I'd rather his first goal for the Panthers officially in, in the, the regular season be a bit more spectacular than that. But yeah, he he is. it's interesting that he's making himself... He's already scored a great goal down the right wing. He's been involved in in, in a lot of stuff. Again, he, he's showing that he can do a numerous different roles for the Panthers this season. Yeah, he, he's a really good all-round player. And it's like, these, these were his first two pro games. Yeah. And... Would you would you have said they were his first two pro games? I wouldn't. Not at all. Not not a chance. He's he's a very good player, uh, and like you say, he he's he's adapting so many different roles. He looks like he'll score a few goals. He causes chaos around the net because he's such a big body. He gets involved. He gets stuck in. He's probably going to take a few penalties this season mm. as well. But that, but he's that sort of player. And yeah, I, I've been I've been very, very impressed with, with Logan Nielsen all through preseason and the two games that we played over the weekend. I think he's going to be a, a really, really great signing for us. You must have taught him what he needs to know, Greener. You must have been on the ice with him when he was a kid, no? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, they'd always, when him and Kay didn't, like they were on school holidays or whatever, they'd always come on the ice when... You know, they'd come and watch our practice and then when we'd finish, they'd they'd come on and skate around for a bit. So Corey would always get like me to stay on and then them shoot at me. So I remember the days of like just letting Cade and Logan score because they were so little. It wouldn't be like that now. Um, they'd be like missing on purpose to help me out. Um <laughs> but yeah, I remember Logan wasn't didn't really like it when he was it was always Cade that, you know, Logan was kind of forced on and but now obviously he loves it. So 
Yeah, he's he's so like his dad. He, he really is. Even even that I think the way he skates. Um. Okay. So this weekend, Jono Sheffield. Uh, I can see you. You're, you're getting a bit angry already. They they at the weekend. <laughs> They found a way, got, got a credit to them. I got a little WhatsApp group set up by Mr. David Sims on uh, Sunday night. I mean, I might save this WhatsApp, but took took a screenshot of them being top of the table with four points. He said, it's a long way looking down, Chris. I mean, let's. I've, I've not seen their games. I've not taken much notice of their games, except for the scores, not at time. But, but they found a way, both matches. Don't know the context, really, of their game, I've got to say. But in both games against Coventry and Guildford, they, they found a way to, to to get it done. Uh, the, you know, we know, uh, you know, we know they're going to be a danger. They, they're they're going to be right up there. And the early evidence shows that they're going to be up there again, surely, Jono. Yeah, of course they are. They they always are. They're, they're always built to do that. They're, they're a very exciting team. They play a really good, exciting brand of hockey. They did last season. They did the season before. And I'm pretty sure they will this season as well. They've got some good players. Uh, Patrick Watling looks like a hell of a pickup for them. He scored the overtime winner for them on, on Saturday. And you've probably seen it on social media where he just goes coast to coast and bulldozes it into the net. It's uh, a very, very good goal. Um, yeah, they, they've got some quality players. They they really have. But we can, I think we can take some confidence in the fact that we we beat them the last time we played them. Or yes, it was preseason, but we we still uh, beat them at the NIC. And there's no reason why we can't do it again on Sunday. I think I think we've got the players to match them. We've got the desire to match them and beat them. We've done it before. Mm. I, mm. I think we'll do it again. I just just rephrase that message. He put even on your birthday, though, that you're down, Chris. Come over and join us. Never, Simsy. Yeah. Never going to be a stealer. Of course, Greener, you did it the <laughs> other way. You were a stealer, but then you saw sense and realized the best <laughs> best side of exactly, the yeah. You were, you just had a few traumatic years in in Sheffield. Um, no, uh, to be fair to Greener, he won him a trophy. No, I mean I say yeah. traumatic. I mean I'm, they were good, you know, good on the ice. Just poor him, you know, having to be a stealer. <laughs> but but I remember it. I, I, have we touched on this before? I remember interviewing you, Greener, when you won the old twenty twenty. Yeah, I don't remember. Like, I obviously remember that day and that thing. I don't particularly remember anything afterwards of interviews. But I, it was obviously. I don't like remember the live on ice interview on the BBC. Oh, I wish I could see that now. I wish I could get like a. a I've never seen that back. Obviously, no, it no, wasn't it was a league a, game. No, it, it was a it was a broadcast we did. Um, yeah. Steph Bennett, Dave Sims, uh, Jeff Foster from Coventry and Warwickshire Craig Simpson. Because I remember Todd Kelman was doing the commentary like on the radio or whatever. Because I remember and my was, parents saying they were listening all, to it online. It was, the whole day was on the radio, yeah. on, on, on the online. People like Todd and, and, and Simsy and Seth did the commentary. And I was rinkside on the benches. And Jeff Foster was as well. Um, and... Um, and yeah, I interviewed you after after you'd won because you played in that final. You beat Coventry three two, I think maybe. Yeah, we played. Um, who did we beat? Yeah, I played all of the games. We yeah. beat uh, Hull and then Cardiff and then and then Coventry. And and I interviewed Sean McMorrow, who offered live on the radio offered somebody out for a fight. I can't remember who. <laughs> But Sean McMorrow just said to me, yeah, I, I want to fight X and he's not interested. He's a chicken. 
Yeah, I was. Um, was he in? Was he in Belfast? Yeah, he was in Belfast. There wasn't because I don't remember who. I can't remember which other teams played. I say we we beat I think, every yeah. elite, every team played. Yeah, yeah they, they, they all played. Yeah. There, was there? I I can't remember who played who. I remember the three games we played, but um, yeah, I think maybe Nottingham maybe played Belfast or something. I can't no, no, remember. No, Nottingham no, got kicked by Coventry six 0 or something. Oh, was that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, I think, I think, I think some teams we were struggling at the time. We'd had a bit of a bad start to the season, so for us, we we actually, you know wanted to win to kickstart the season and I think it helped that I played because obviously you know the guys it probably meant a bit more to them because you know whereas I think a lot of the other teams like rested people I remember like Bergy I don't think played and um and whatever but obviously for us we just wanted to win it because we weren't doing well at the time so well you make you make a good point Corey and Bruce, I think, who was assistant player coach then, and maybe at the time wasn't playing, but but they they had planned to rest guys throughout the tournament, and it was like, right, we're picking this team now, and then ju- just to keep things fresh, and obviously, I assume it was quarterfinals, and they just went straight out, but but they had they had planned to like bring in all the players that didn't play the quarterfinal, yeah, but like sort strategy, of use the whole squad, yeah, and, and I think it backfired. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, like yeah. I said, I'm I'm pretty sure for for them they're not too uh, they weren't too worried about losing, but obviously it was at home for us as well, so it was a bit more, you know, it kind of probably meant a bit more to us. But no, I'd love to see that again. I said I've never seen a minute of it because obviously I don't know it was filmed. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I mean. It wasn't on. I don't think even it like was. now it's not on TV, but there would be a, a recording of it somewhere. But back then there there probably isn't even any highlights, but. I'm, I'm, I mean, Jono, did you go and watch it? Unfortunately, I did. I was sat with my wife, well, then girlfriend, now wife, in the Steelers' end. So I had lots of fun that day. I've, I've, I've just googled it, and there's a story come up on the BBC website. Three BBC local radio stations joined together to present live coverage. BBC Nottingham's Chris Ellis among them. I don't remember making this comment. I put. The Sheffield fans obviously thought it was great, but Nottingham got walloped in their games, so the fans maybe see it more of a waste of time. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, I, I, I say games here. Did, did Nottingham play more than one? Surely it was just caught no, fire. Just, just played the one. Just played yeah, one I think they just played one. I remember it was really weird because it was like you'd, you'd play a game and then obviously you'd only get like one game off. So you'd sort of get unchanged. They had food and stuff. It was so quick. The games, I think we played at like 11 o'clock and then we played again at one o'clock and then the final was at like four o'clock or something. Uh, And later on, I say, if all the big teams say they took the competition seriously, they're lying. But Nottingham openly took it less seriously than others. (laughs) (laughs) Which Which is probably, which is probably true. You see, I've erased that day from my mind and now you've brought it all back again. But but, but joking aside, (laughs) I mean, it was a great day because, you know, to to cram a competition, it it was cricket's 2020, it was ice hockey's 2020, wasn't it? Yeah. It it was all four on four, wasn't it? If it... It um... I think it was four on four, 20, it was a 20... It was was, was two... Two 20 minute periods, I think. But yeah. running clock, I think. There was no, yeah. it, weren't st- it wasn't stop if, clock. If it so. was, if it was a bit more well attended, because it was obviously the first one, it was a bit of a, but I just think it's so hard because obviously 
the players it doesn't really mean that you know from the fans point of view come you could buy a ticket and watch you know six or seven games it's what a day but obviously you know some of the teams took it a bit more seriously it's still a it's a bit of like a more like an all-star event isn't it it's kind of Mm. like a bit of fun kind of taken seriously but for a fan if you know, if all 10 teams are there, what a day, you know, it'd be, it'd be a great day to go and do it. But did it sell out? I don't think. No, so. no. I mean, it was, it, was, it was in the arena. It, it was it decent. I think it was about five or six thousand. Oh, was it really that many? OK, yeah. so, yeah. Just, yeah, there's a lot, a, a lot from Nottingham and a, a lot from Sheffield, obviously. Um, I'm, I'm just looking. The draw took place on the 7th of September 2009, live on BBC Radio Sheffield. It did, yeah. The they competition, two 20-minute running clock periods and only four skaters at a time. So you were right there. Yeah, I didn't realise it was four on four. Just There's a, there's a report somewhere on online and I just can't find it. Just want to remember more about it. But yeah, the draw took place second yeah, of I, 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 14 I can... years ago. That's, I mean, 14 years ago. That's crazy, I can't isn't it? I, I can remember our games and our scores, and I think you're right about the Nottingham one, but I, I don't remember all of the other ones because we did. I, I didn't even watch any of the other games. I don't think because it was such a quick turnaround. Yeah. I, I remember. I remember Brad Crookshank. I think he was playing for Steelers at the time. He had a fight with someone from Hull in that first game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, and it was the only fight all day. And I can't. Rem- I can't remember who it was from Hull who, who, who he fought. But I, I remember Ed, I remember Edinburgh were there because like Ben O'Connell was in Edinburgh mm-hmm. and like Patrico was playing for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was Sheff- at 11 o'clock Sheffield Hall, 12 o'clock Belfast Cardiff, 1 o'clock Edinburgh Newcastle, 2 o'clock Coventry Nottingham, 4 o'clock semi final one, 5 o'clock semi final two, 7 o'clock the final. Oh, so it was later than I thought. Yeah, it was an all day event. Yeah. That is a long day, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember my good friend now, Andy French, uh, who was the man behind that with with Eamon Convery, who, who uh, at the time, Eamon and Andy were, were running the Elite League. And, and they were not only behind that, but also behind that, because at the time it was pioneering radio coverage, literally allowing like joint group of radio stations to broadcast live and stand on the bench and, and whatever. Um, mm. It was fun times. How the hell did we get onto that? <laughs> That was a big we segue, try find, <laughs> we got to try and find the interview, Chris, that we did on the ice then. We, we do. I mean, I've clicked on the bit that says, listen to Hockey Fest live, and it's not there. Of course it's not. But somebody will have it. Seth Bennett might have it in the article. That's your job at work tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to find that. Right. We, we've touched on Sheffield. Green at Guildford. I, I chat to Tets in the week, and it, it's interesting. It'll be... Two of probably the most speedier teams in the league going head-to-head on, on Sunday in, in the Spectrum. Panthers Panthers have not been so well matched with Guildford in recent years. I think they're going to be much better matched with Guildford this year, don't you, Greener? Yeah, I think last year, obviously, we were just completely outgunned with with, with speed and offence, really. Like you said, it's going to be a lot, lot closer. Um, obviously, again, Guildford, a, a tough place to go in that rink and, and pick up points. But we, you know, we did it last year. Um, and But yeah, obviously, Guildford, a lot of new players, but, you know, Again, they've still got the Cronellas, the Tate, McAdam in goal, um, Ben O'Connor. They've, they've they've still got a really 
sort of packed roster there. Yeah, I think I think that'll be a really good game. Two teams, really speed, skill, not overly physical, um, but I think it'll be a really good quality game. You'd expect it will be sort of a, uh, might not be that goaltender friendly, might have to be a lot of big saves at both ends. So, yeah, I expect that to be a very fast and exciting game. So um, I think they both will this weekend. I think I think it's good coming off a loss. I think it's good that we go straight back in with a really big weekend, two sort of big fixtures to, you know, kind of wipe the slate clean and get into. So, yeah, so I, I expect Sunday to be um, to be very difficult as well. Yeah, Jono, do you agree with Greener? Do you, do you think Nottingham Guildford will be a very different matchup this season than it perhaps has been recently? Mm, it's, it's, all, it's still going to be a tough place to go. And they've, I think, 16 players they've retained from last season. So th- they're going to be settled straight away. And you would think they're going to be gelled straight away. So um, it'd be interesting to see how the Flames respond uh, on how well they do this season, considering the season they had in 22-23 because they pushed Belfast all the way. And, you know, I think they'll be having ambitions to do exactly the same again and be right up at that end of the table. So it'd be very, very interesting to see how they get on this season. I've still been doing more searching just before we finish, but I I love this line. Um, An article from the BBC, Saturday the 15th of May 2010. It's not about the, the, the hockey fest. It's about Panthers signing Jay Henderson and Dan Green. Oh, Coach Corey Nielsen told BBC Radio Nottingham, Jay Henderson will have a more leadership role. Dan is desperate to be a Panther, and those are the qualities we want. Wow. There you go. Desperate I love that Jay Henderson was here for like two weeks and then he left. <laughs> was that, that, so that was his second year of... of yeah, college. like he joined halfway through the year before. And I remember when we signed, I remember like Danny and everyone being like, oh, Jay Henderson's such a great guy. And I obviously met him. He was great. And honestly, like 10 days later, he was gone. I think he played like two games and mm. then he either got injured or he had something at home or he got a job offer or whatever. He was literally, I bet he played one or two games that year and then he retired. One, John, you remember? I think he, I think he got injured. I, I've got, I remember Danny Mize when we won one of the, the challenge cups. I think he, was it Henderson's shirt he had? Or was it what, somebody else's? Oh. oh I, Jay Henderson. So, Jay Henderson, Lee Prospects is telling us Jay Henderson's last year was 2009-10. Maybe he never made the start of the regular season. Yeah, I, I honestly think he literally played like pre-season and then that was pretty much it. Like, I, th- I think he was almost injured coming into the season. He, he skated a bit and played, seemed like a great guy. Yeah. And then, yeah, he just never, that was it. Not such a, just, yeah, look, at he had such a good resume, hadn't he? And he came partway through that season. Did he, did he, uh, we're running out of time, but did he get injured? No, he played three games in the playoffs. Um, yeah, it, it, he, I think he got injured. I, I, it just rings a bell that he got injured. Yeah, and, I almost think when I got, when he came in for that season, he was already carrying an injury and it just never, it never like, improved. He came with a fantastic resume. Yeah, yeah he played for the Bruins. Yeah, he's. 
Yeah, absolutely. Wow. This has been great, guys. Great, great bit of memories there. We went down a road I didn't think we'd go down, but <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Uh, that was great, guys. So thanks very much. Thanks for listening. And we'll speak to you again after the game against Steelers in the post-game podcast.